they when they shot the funny farm was it a real building oh uh i don't know i don't know the internet uh, there was an imdb entry which almost didn't say anything about the film so you know i usually get my main information from wikipedia fill in the blanks with that trivia section from imdb and right. then begin scouring the internet for the real interesting stuff there right. was none of that with this film I found out all about the actors. I found out all about how it's Canadian. Okay. But it's killing me. There must be like so many comedians from Los Angeles who's been around for 40 years. They talk about it. They do podcasts. They do live streams. You can mm -hmm. hear their history. So I'm just surprised no one's really discovered this or talked about this. He's Maybe got a gun. Because it was Canada. Yeah. Well, I don't remember seeing it in 83. I remember E.T. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, goes you can you punks invade my privacy you get you get out of here and yeah. he's gonna get really upset oh really no no upset. i take it back look they did they did some work on this movie the director had these people on cue will you shut up <laughs> okay i want he's you to stand in this gun. lady's apartment and then when i say when i call you pick up the pretend you hear them outside oh look at this he's already he made it off that one set yeah, he is now, since he's wall. been invited up there to perform, he's going to be, you know, he's one of the regular comedians now at the Funny Farm. Things are moving quick for this guy because it's really a movie, quick. but... Uh, this is all within the year. He moved in. Now he's on the phone with the TV studio going, did you make a decision about my pilot yet? Now, was this because... Of that set he did was so well there was there was someone in the yeah, audience right there was that there right there was a talent scout and they say he's auditions now for a pilot this just isn't the way the world works as a guy who's made a pilot nobody was interested in it and then is now in the middle of making a second pilot i assure you america now i know this was a different time but I... still you don't just walk off the street and get offered a Pilot. let's let's put it this way okay uh maybe the writer and a director is so fucking bitter that in his movie you know the fucking young handsome guy immediately gets a pilot right just you know vicariously just for the sake of the story and just for his bitterness now he's at sammy's house and he sees sammy with the picture of philly beekman what's going on and he finds out it's my it's dad my dad Cool. Why don't you go on stage? Be Philly Beekman's son. This guy, this guy, he plays all around the room, and he's Philly Beekman's son. Give it up for Philly Beekman Jr. Right. I mean Tony, Tony Beekman. Sorry, sorry, Tony. <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's some. Uh, I guess uh, Buddy Hackett's son was a comedian. Uh, I don't know. Jackie Mason's daughter, and it's illegitimate. She changed her name to Mason. She Eva Mason, just so you know, she, yeah, she's the daughter. There is also um, Kelly. Kelly, uh, um, uh, living in a van down by the river. Oh, his brother Kevin. His brother is yeah, yeah. and okay. and they look similar. You know, they're okay. So because Sammy's dad is uh, Philly Beekman, he's arranged for these guys to get to. Go there for free to Vegas. So they're flying. I don't know if they pay for uh, the from plane. what they going from Montreal to Toronto now. They're going from Los Angeles to <laughs> Vegas. Oh, in the movie. 
got a clown face clown. Oh yeah, it look this looks kind of like Montreal's version of Las Vegas. No, they're in Vegas. Oh, Piazadora is in Las Vegas, Carl. I so, did you think of that movie Fake Out? Fake Out, Fake Out. There's yeah. Don Rickles. Oh, and he was, mooned him. Um, where it's at, we saw Don Rickles yeah, in, in Vegas. Las Vegas as well. I and believe that this has got to be really Vegas. I mean, they're not going to do the fake set. No, and they actually paid to get like this phony name up on the sand. Yep. A marquee. Yeah, yep. that's great. This guy, Philly Beekman, his name is Jack Carter. And he was oh, Jack Carter. Yeah. So he was like in the vein of Milton Berle. Um, and we should, let's see I if we can. enjoy his act. You want to listen? I yeah, I do. Funny. So this has to be his act. He's not doing a character's act. It's probably Jack Carter's bit act, right? Because this band is one of the greatest bands of our day. I don't know. At night, they kind of suck. Here he is. Jack Carter. Hey, 1983. Folks. He yeah. had a long, distinguished career. He died at 93 in Los Angeles. And like five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. I remember that. Let's see here. 93rd birthday, 2015. Because of his jacket. Because of his jacket. Oh, look, even how is this? Uh, two, three, four. So, you know, this is interesting, Carl, because unlike I'm dying up here with Jim Carrey, right. this is contemporary comedy looking at their uh at at their their elders i guess yes. whatever the old comics are uh and they're commenting so it's young comedians they feel young comedians talking to the vegas act right and then we're gonna see that in his hotel room after now this guy was for real he was on the the cavalcade of stars and he got his own nbc show called the jack carter show um he hosted uh there was there was a there was something called the half hour Saturday night programming slot and and <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Yeah. He did a show right after Sid Caesar. Carl Reiner was on it. Um he was friends with Sid Caesar is he gave the eulogy at his funeral. He was a frequent guest on Ed Sullivan. You know, one thing I have to say, I, I looked up Jack Carter and there was like a video of Howie Mandel talking about him. Uh-huh. Like bold, bold Howie. Yeah, this is this is curly-haired Howie. Now, Sammy, his son, didn't even come. Wow. Yeah. 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 And what's going to happen is he's going. The thing's going to start off with like, "Hey, young comedians, trying to pick my brains. Welcome, welcome." But then he's going to start doing some racist stuff uh, with his. Uh, I don't know. This he's got this guy here with the. The bow tie, yeah, for the bow tie. And he's been with him for 20 years or something and basically he starts shitting on him yeah i guess uh i mean and the room flips and they're against jack carter but carter's no george clooney that's right i don't know what a, to be a george clooney is you got your friends you know your friends you, you've been there your whole life you know like my friend he gave me money for my headshot back in 82 oh he kissed a black man's head 
Uh, yeah, look, there's Miles. He's not digging it at all. Yeah, he's not, like- not digging it. And um, yeah, so things will turn sour. He'll start pontificating about, uh, you know, you young kids. I mean, you didn't pay your dues. I cut my teeth on shitty rooms and everything. And then they'll say, like, well, when's the last time you saw a new comedian? As if, I don't know, it's, it's <laughs> a fake thing. Like, No, it's not true. Why don't we substitute young comedians with Zoom comedians and old school comedians with, like, comedians who did it in real life? Who had a, you know, you guys. Why, with would, why would a Kevin Hart, a Chris Rock, come on down to Scotty's and check out new comedians? You know what I mean? Like, why would they... Because it's it's a vibrant no that's I think they have a solid argument you you okay. get yourself kind of stuck in a rut and you don't realize there's been generations and generations of new comedians and that things are different from the way the foundation is slightly different it's different oh look at this yeah he's giving right a now he's drinks. going come on I, my drink is empty here and he's insulting him and he's doing ethnic racist slurs and he goes what was that too smart for the room which I thought was a funny line. Wow, getting awkward now. Now it's turned sour. Now we got whiskey sour. Yeah. Now it's going to flip and he's going to start getting mad at him. You young punk, you don't know anything. You don't respect anything. Uh, Jack Jack Carter's a bit of a hothead, wasn't he? In real life, I'm not sure. Um, I kind of, I I read about him was positive. Yeah. I know he's he's an interesting comedian. I I have to, you know what? I'm gonna go take watch him on YouTube. I'm gonna see if I can find like a a 20 minute set or something. There was one bad thing. He was in that horror film Alligator in 1980, which was (laughs) I don't know why he would do that, but well, I know weird blemish on his on his. uh, Well, he's been on like Ed Sullivan. Like he's probably uh, dozens of times. He's he was a staple on Sullivan. Yes, more than a dozen. I don't know about Staple, but he was one of their regular go-to guys. You want to make an audience laugh? We've got a whole. Get know. Carter. And you young comedians, you're snorting coke with Robin Williams. I don't even <laughs> know what snorting coke with Robin Williams means. Hey, man. When's the last time you checked out our ass? Well, I would eat, but okay. No, this this is an interesting yeah, moment. Right it's like road comics and like locals and, you know, comics pitting each other against each other. You know, it's comedy. It's a good point. They came to watch his show. Also, who, as a comedian, who fucking watches shows? Right? Who watches shows? Well, I mean, like, do you go out and see like a show? You're like, oh, Brian Regan's in town. I'm going to go see him. Oh, I know what you're saying. Uh, I guess the honest answer has to be no, but I'm always like, I'm going to go. Like, right. for instance, Kevin Hart was at Levity Live doing new material, which is in Palisades Park. Uh, it's 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 Nyack, New York. It's really close. It's like a 350. I looked at the ticket prices. And I was like, forget it. Also, um, Louis C.K. was there after his disgrace. And I was like, right. this would be interesting, but I never went. Um, there's another name you would know, and he was at the uh, Stress Factory in New Brunswick, and the show was called Trying New Stuff. I uh, That's about 250. I was going to go to that. I didn't. You know, so, I mean, this is all pre-pandemic talking, and actually when I had a little more of a drive in, in comedy, but you would go out and you would, 
you know, at a showcase, I would always watch people because I wanted to see what they were doing. I wanted to mm-hmm. see, and if they were good, you know, like Tom Rhodes, I think is a fucking genius. And mm-hmm. I watched him every time and because everything he does. Oh, is this the executive? Oh, it's Brandon Tartikoff. Now, this NBC. is, yeah, no, it's Brandon Tartikoff. Yeah, three-piece suit. The guy behind the, oh, oh, well, all right. Are they going to go with the young guy, the white guy well, who does like, ethnic material? Well, they're like, are we material? going with the actor or are we going with the comedian? And so they, you know, they have an argument about it. And he's like, well, I like the comedian. I think he's going to be the next big thing. But he's in the room. He's in, yeah. Is that realistic? Yeah, it is. It's that's the way Hollywood works. I mean, it's heightened. I would have to say that the the, the uh, writer director is making a point by having this guy accelerate and while being dissed in the room. He's while like, "Oh, great! They're going to diss him the moment he walks out of the room." You're great. Smiles all around. Okay, smiles. Brandon Tartikoff. Brandon Tartikoff came up with like Punky Brewster. Came up with uh, different strokes. He wore a three-piece uh, tan suit with a vest, and he was about that guy's size. So, obviously. That's who oh, they're going for. Yeah. I don't know. I Getting back to watching comics, uh, I, I mean, I like comedy, and that's why I, I definitely watch it. But, uh, you know, when I would do this room, I would go to rooms that, like, showcases just to say hi and just to be seen there, but also to see what the comics were like and what they were well, doing. I, I always learn from that. Yeah, I... I always stay in the room when there's an open mic. People like uh, my good friend Anthony Quinn, and um, I won't start naming names. I was, yeah. about, but a lot of them, they go up, they do their set, and then they like disappear to like smoke pot or bullshit with the other comedians. And I never do. I always stay in the room. You know, I want to see don't... what everyone's doing. Yeah, but bullshitting with other comedians will get you other sets, and also just kind of you know it's networking. There's many, many, many facets. To I'm not saying talk, not don't I talk of over someone. I, yeah, with the comedians, but I'm just trying to say that watching all of the comedian sets is really of value. You as a comedian, and I also just want to laugh. I want to see what they're doing, what's going on. So now he's telling the girlfriend, uh, "I got the pilot," you know, and it's like his big. Having his up moment so we can see him crash later. Uh, hey, guys, I'm singing. I got a pilot. Hey, no need to diet. I already got my pilot. <laughs> That's what he's screaming to the other guys. I got a pilot. I got a pilot. Oh, he's that comic. Yeah. Yeah. But well. they're like, what's going on? And then they find out the ugly, ugly, ugly thing that Nutter has killed himself. They went and invaded his privacy, and now Nutter ha- went and killed himself. This will show you. Wait a minute. So the comedy store, wasn't there a suicide? Got to get my research down. There was someone jumped off a roof or something, a comedian? I don't know that story. Um, you might be right about that. No. Bruce well, Nutter has killed himself. Bruce Nutter, and- Mike McDonald. Not, not Michael McDonald from Mad TV or Michael right. McDonald the singer. Right. Not Mike McDonald. Um, okay, so let's see. This was his first film, The Funny Farm, Mike McDonald. But he was in, um, there was a Jefferson Starship commercial and he played a comedian that, he was in Screwballs 2. Which we did on the show. Two. We did that on the show. You weren't there. I got, oh, I got a okay. comic. I got a comic from uh, uh, the, the Radio Comedy Fest to join me. Super Dave's Vegas Spectacular. Um, oh. 
I mean, he was out there. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't know a bunch of his stuff. The Ben, Chasing Robert, The Ripping Field. You wouldn't know a bunch of this stuff, but he had a career, and um, he did. Uh, he died. He it was 2013. He had liver transplant surgery, and his liver failed. It was hepatitis. Wow, liver uh, transplant. Yeah. So, but still, wow. he's known for I don't know this film called The Nutcracker Prince in '90, Chasing Robert in 2007. He had a career, and he also had bipolar. Okay, so here we are at his funeral. Now, what I don't understand is this guy was dirt poor, but he spent a lot of money to do everything perfectly, and he insisted on an open mic at his funeral. That's what they're doing right now. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I, I, do you, you want to know if Mike at your funeral? I don't think I do. I think this the movie now you saw this movie already so you know the punchline here but people watching at home won't know well i should mention what i know is that uh, our sunshine boy was going to perform and and brendan tatterkoff was going to go over to the, the comedy store and watch him but because of bruce nutter's fucking prank he can't perform right i mean the, yeah. wasn't the guy supposed to see him tonight yes mm-hmm. and then this death fucking kibosh his career opportunity Yes, I don't really care. Yes, that is true. That's what my takeaway was that this asshole, like, and for what? For being a narcissist, for doing, dying, and having fake parents. I want to thank the rented parents that oh, they genius. are fake. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, but they announced it. Funny. You don't think this was inventive and creative? Uh, I'm killing time until the reveal. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's coming up pretty know closely. We spoil everything. Look, okay? Lou Ferrigno. Bruce Nutter did not kill himself. It's all a big scam. He's going to open his coffin and pop out and go, don't you ever follow me home again and run away. I think it's funny. You can't wait two seconds to let it happen. I Right now we're having a sad harmonic yeah, music. All the, all the comments like, how come I'm going first for Nutter's funeral? Yeah, that's right. I Do don't you care when you go up a Nutter's funeral? Uh, no. Okay, you're first. Okay, the ghost of Nutter shows now up. Now Gail's freaking out. Ah! Don't you assholes ever follow me home again! <laughs> right, and look, Miles is like, you asshole, like, you fucking Brandon Tartikoff. Peter Ackroyd's like, I'm gonna kill him. He goes, wasn't that Nutter? Oh, yeah, that's the parents. The parents are like, this this mean we're not getting paid oh boy and then comedians desecrative graveyard most all of this film was well written in this um, in how it flows right this next cut is not well done it doesn't flow at all all of a sudden like there's no reason for them to be all here in this (gasps) same room look at that howie mandel is passing a joint yeah he he he's letting people smoke it, and then he's going to smoke it again. You mean because of COVID? Because of he, he's famously doing? he doesn't shake people's hands. You know that. Oh well, that could have developed. Yeah, he's got a uh, OCD kind of germ phobia thing. Yeah, right. right. Of today, but uh, in this but in this scene, he's smoking a communal joint. Right now, it might be because it's a movie, and it might be because his his paranoia hasn't developed. I think as comics, they they were just smoking anyway, so it was kind of a second nature. 
Let's see. Oh. Let's talk about Howie Mandel. Sure. Uh, okay, he is Canadian. He's totally Canadian. Uh, we know him from Deal or No Deal, the the suitcases game show. Right. Um, Bobby's okay. World. There's Canadian and England counterparts, and he's on it too. Um, he got big as a he got little as a comedian, but then he got big on this medical drama called Saint Elsewhere, which right. you remember was a primetime show. It was on six years, and he was a doctor on it. Well, you know, fits like a glove. He took a surgical glove and he blew it up and looked like a little chicken rooster. Yeah, put it on his head. Put it on and his head. It's so like, part of it was that he was a prop comic, and he was also that doctor from Saint Elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it kind of clicked on that. Like it was like well, yes, nice... he was the prop comic first. It's true. Saint Elsewhere didn't make him, but because of being a prop comic, he got on Saint Elsewhere, and so he had six years of exposure to the public. Now he didn't take that and go on to do a um, huge movie career. Instead, he turned it into like a voiceover career. Well, we should mention that as a bad movie uh, podcast, I mean, a, a good podcast about bad movies, he was in Walk Like a Dog, which if it was on yep. YouTube, we'd be watching it, where he's like a human dog. And yep. then he's the monster under the bed or in the closet. This right. movie's like a cult film. I have people swear by this film, and I really enjoy it, too. He's good in it. So he's he's done some real cultist films. Like, this is a cult film, too, I would imagine. But yeah, he he well, was a he was the voice in Gremlins, the yeah. voice of Gizmo, and in Gremlins too. Um, and he was in Tribulation, which was a um, one of those Cloud Ten pictures. Remember, we saw Cameron. What's his name? Oh, like a born again Christian type. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not born again Christian. A religious, a spiritual based. Cloud faith -based. Ten pictures is faith faith based pictures, and he was in Tribulation in 2000. We know him from America's Got Talent. He was on the fifth season. But he did a lot of voiceover work. He did a lot of, uh, you know, The Aristocrats. And Bobby's World was his Bobby's own. World. Yeah. He was in Pinocchio and Hansel and Gretel and Tangerine Bear and Jack. Well, the, I, you ever I don't see know, lots of voiceover work. He does. You ever see how we do it? This is how we do it. Hey, we're in a Las Vegas buffet, and unbeknownst to the tourists, we put gold tokens in a set of food. Let's see what happens. This okay, is how now, we Gail do it. is paranoid about earthquakes. She hates it, right? And right. we find out that she sold some of their um, stand-up routines, and, and they aired in Ohio, so they're pissed. So they're pretending there's an earthquake. It's a pretty good gag. Peter Aykroyd's got them. So now she freaks out and goes, it's a quake. It's a quake. So was he fucking comic? It's was that the whole? That's the thing. Like a comic was like, I'll, I'll seduce her. And then when I'm fucking her, we'll have the audience pretend it's an earthquake. Right. So then she comes out. It's a quake. And then somebody tips her off that it's not. She's oh, Maurice did it. He was fucking Maurice. I thought he was a cool guy. That's not cool. Well, Maurice, uh, they are all not cool. They're all in on this. And the only one who feels any pity for Gail is our star, uh, Mark Chaplin. And he's going to get into the car with her and try to, like, calm her down. Now, he, the owner's freaking out because nobody's inside spending money. Right. So he's trying to send them all back inside. What a weird scene. What a weird club. 
Mark Champlin is his name in the film. I, I get it mixed up because it's Miles Chapin, Mark Champlin. Anyway, he gets in there and he basically, he's like, get out, get out, leave me alone. <laughs> and he doesn't. And then she like sort of speaks her mind in her heart about how like, why doesn't anybody like me? I love them. They give me joy and happiness. I'm all about these comedians. And so we're getting some feelings here. Do you think that's, do you think uh, club owners, comedy club owners really feel this way? I only know one comedy club owner really, really well, and he doesn't feel that way. Everybody kisses this guy's butt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's so funny. Not since Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams have I seen such an acting combo of comedian and Ellen Burstyn. She's you ever see Dead Heat? Job right now at the, as an actress. She yeah, really she definitely grounds this movie. Like she's given a real performance. It's a real person. It feels like. Now we saw her in My Old Man last year. That's right. Yeah, she pops up in a lot of great stuff. Like when I see her name, like I'm watching a movie and she, her name's in there, I'm like, all right, you know, yeah. or a TV show. He's because good. he's good. Now, um, Goldie Hawn movie, what was it? Uh, Private Benjamin. That's how the, the country got to know her. Yeah, um, that was a really big film. Yeah. Yeah, it was a memorable, memorable film. She was a Mrs. Peacock in Clue. Right. Um, so, look, uh, Mrs. Shore, I mean, uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Miss Farm, Mrs. Farm, just feel better. Hey, can I get a set Tuesday? I'm going to let you go and just think, but if I could do seven minutes instead of five on tomorrow, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, look, he's got the congratulations telegrams. He's got his headshot. Yeah. Yeah. So this is day one of his pilot. He's already gone out there and done some of it and they didn't like it. They didn't like it. He wasn't good enough. And, and the woman is like, an, I told you so moment. Just as an actor, look, you want an act, you want acting, you hire an actor. Now they're gonna let him go. They have really. He's wow. Film. He's getting fired right now. Well, they. I know this film. They say, "Hey, we got an actor waiting in the parking lot." He says he's smoking a Marlboro right now, but just give me the word. I'll give him the eye. He'll come right up. Yeah. There we go. Hey. Oh, look. My character. I think my character would be great if it had more lines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, listen. We're off the set. You're fired. Yeah. That's yeah. right. He goes, we're going in a different direction with your character. He goes, fine, no problem. He goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, wait a minute, are you firing me? He goes, I didn't say that. He goes, you are firing me. He goes, well, you said it. Ugh, what a passive-aggressive asshole. And he leaves the artist's entrance. So this is Montreal, the artist's entrance? It's pronounced Montreal. UBS television. So it's like C, Canadian. They they moved the C for Canada up and made it a U. Yeah, instead shop. of CBS, it's you. UBS, why not? You could oh, be all right. So oh, yeah. Hi, could be girlfriend. And he goes, I blew it. So basically, he's going to have a crybaby, I quit comedy. Yeah, like I know. Second, but then he's going to start driving home. He's going to go to some honky tonk and do like five minutes. Everyone's going to love him. He's going to turn around and come back, and she's going to be happy. It doesn't, it's a very poorly written end. Well, okay. So I think this is kind of so far so good. This guy drives at the beginning of the year, he drives from Cleveland, he goes to Los Angeles, 
he's on it he's on it he's part of the scene he everyone now knows him he's doing time he's a regular uh he takes you know he gets a gentrify, pilot. he gentrifies uh, uh an act and then he gets a pilot uh and then they kick him out even first day of shooting i think it's fucking this guy the director like just being bitter oh he's in the mental ward yeah Nutter. bruce nutter went crazy and he's now in the mental ward and it doesn't make sense. He's going to like say to the girlfriend, Mark is going to say to the girlfriend, like, I don't want to end up like Bruce Nutter. How would he look his comic books upside down? He goes, I, I have to admit, upside down now. That's, that's my favorite line in this movie. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. So, I'm going to use that line. The thing is, why in the world would he end up like Bruce Nutter? It, it doesn't make sense in the real world. It's, it's poorly written. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to really... Talk about comedians, but there, you know, this is not kind of something like this could happen. I don't know about this. Is he doing time? Yes, he. Did you stop watching the film because you knew everything up until I'm the trying earthquake? To, I do. No, okay. I, I know. Yeah, no, I'm just so trying to what, move, move, move our show along. Okay, so what is happening now is every day at this time he does like 15 minutes, and people come in. He's he's going. And so he's saying, it's great to be here at the funny farm. And the joke is, you know, he's at the crazy, you know. But, like, the joke is these guys are acting like, you know, outside crazies. You know what I mean? Like, we're a crazy comedy. We're the loony bin. How come everyone's in those uh, uh, smocks, those uh, hospital gowns, but Bruce? Okay. He's got his own, yeah. So now now he's essentially going to, well, it isn't time for him to quit yet, but he's really close. If I may, I have seen this movie. You have already spoiled the movie, but allow me to spoil this movie. He So he fails, right? And now he's completely burnt and bitter, and he's not even going to try again. He doesn't want to go to the club. He doesn't want to talk to the comedians. He doesn't even want to live in the same house as the waitress. And then right. the biggest night of comedy is, is New Year's Eve, right? That's right. like everybody in America decides or Canada decides to go out and and drink and not talk to their spouses because they're watching a show or they just want <laughs> they want to go out and drink or they just want to get out of the house or the, they want to watch stand-up comedy on tv it's the biggest night of tell of yeah. uh, stand-up comedy is new year's eve but he won't go in fact he fucking bails on his girlfriend on new year's eve yeah. and, and moves out which, and know, he gets happened. and mitzi shore i mean uh I Calls, mean Brennan, yeah. yeah offers him a great spot on new year's and he turns it down Right, which is such a no-no. You, no matter how you're feeling, you always say yes. Yeah. Exactly. Unless you really, unless you really are gonna fuck it up. You if know? you have COVID, if you're drunk, or you if, don't know no, your material. If you're drunk, ooh, they have assignment. Look at that. That memory game: beep, red, green, yellow. I used to love that. And the pay. Wow, what a museum! Yeah, because you, you should always take a set. Because they're never going to offer again if you say no the first time. That's right. They'll never offer it again. They, yeah. You, that's the memory they have. You said yeah. No. You said no. They got a show to run. They need no. Yeah. I mean, you know it as, a, as running a show. You sometimes someone does a show or there's a spot missing. You need someone asap. You don't need bullshit. Right. I don't need forty questions. I don't need you saying I can't do it, but I'll love another set and then follow up. That's not the reason why I'm calling you in this eleventh hour. Right. I need someone. Can you deliver? If you deliver, I'll get you another set. But right. if you don't deliver and then you keep pestering me for a set because the last time <laughs> I asked, it's gone. I, I don't have time because I have 500 people pestering me anyway. Look at Back in the day. I'll it's, never understand comedians. Right. Look, there's Mr. Shore. 
yes, he maybe is a kind of Mr. Sure. If he's you don't think they're married? But, oh, she's she's fucking people uh, comics, but you know they could be married. In the beginning, the juggler explained that he was the club owner and she was the manager. So I think what he does is cowardly. I think it's like it goes against everything you learn in comedy, which is that you will never stop and you can't stop. You know, you have to take any kind of failure, just thick skin, right? You got to let it off your tail. It does, you're, now, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense what he's doing. And he's not just making a mistake because he's a young comedian. It's also the author. It's the self-hatred. It's, no, but comics, you know, I mean, I relate to what he's doing. He he's, self-sabot- he's self-sabotaging everything to the point where he negates himself and everything he's he achieved the year that he moved out here. You know, it's New Year's Eve. It has the year okay. is about to end, and he bails. Like, he doesn't even last a year. He self-destructs, and it's wrong. And I, I feel like, you know, someone told me something. Carla said, you have to think you're funny. Because if you don't think you're funny, then nobody in the room thinks you're funny. Of course. Of so course. even if you're not funny, you still have to think you're funny because that way you don't side with the audience when they turn on you, right? That's and, one of the only things I learned from the Steve Martin uh, master class I paid $96 for. Uh-huh. You got to pretend you're killing when you're up there. If you do a joke that doesn't work, move on. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So he doesn't do that because, and then, uh, I mean, that's the thing. So he should, he should show up. Like comics would love to say, oh, what happened to that pilot you were yelling about at the parking lot? How did that turn out? Right, yeah. he's going to eat a lot of shit, but you do eat a lot of shit because it's a self proprietorship, and it's things are raw and rocky, and you're vulnerable on stage. And you know, I don't know, I haven't performed, Carl, fucking in a while. Stand up? Well, yeah, you haven't personally performed. I used to produce COVID. Yeah, COVID is exactly right. You know, New Year's Eve shows, I I produced my own because no one was hot booking me, and I said, "Fuck uh-huh. it, I wanted to perform," and I would get do shows and. You know, they were fun. There were great shows, and I had some really good comics up there, and I was able to pay them. So it was fun, you know, and get an audience for it. I had uh, the chance to do New Year's Eve at Scotty's. I even said yes. And uh-huh. then Sandy, my wife, was like, Excuse me? <laughs> We've right. been together every New Year's for 26 years, and you're, you know, cancel that. You know, so I had Fair to enough. call him. Yeah. So he just broke up with her. Well, came and said, I'm going home. I've left you a note. I left you a note. Yeah, it's essentially a breakup, even though he's not saying breakup. No, it's actually his set list he left by mistake. He he goes on the honky-tonk and performs his breakup. Right. Uh, He he pulls out his set list and he goes, Dear John. Wait a minute. Dear Young and the Restless. (laughs) Yeah. So she is mad. He is mad, and legitimately so. You're a fair weather comedian. You only come out when it's nice. That's true. That's a that's a real thing. You know, there's no shame in comedy. You have, you have to eat shit. You know, it's it's funny, mm-hmm. but uh, even if it's on you, that see goes. You listen. I'm a waitress, and I've seen better. I work here as and the staff, and uh, I've seen better comics than you. Oh no, she's he's the greatest girlfriend. She does not insult him or hurt his feelings at all, except to call him a chicken, you know, which is the honest truth of what's going on. So oh. now begins the long trek down Route 80. Symmetry, because we started off with him driving towards Los Angeles. Right. New Year's Eve, he's done. He doesn't even last a year. 
So he stops off at a honky tonk. He has a good set. He says, all right, I'll go back. It doesn't, not strong as an author. And this guy was a hell of a writer, uh, this Ron Clark. Of course, this is kind of early in his career. Yeah, I, I think this movie has a lot of meat on its bones. I mean, no, it's, it's not. He started in the '60s, and this is 20 years into his career, and he's writing this crap. But he's he's letting demons out. He's he's letting his, the frustrations of the comedy he scene out. A comedian. He was a writer. Uh, he was never a comedian. Now he did write for a lot of. Um, okay, let so me. So this is honky tonk comedian right now. This is just some local bar. Yeah, some honky-tonk. Let's see. Jackie Gleason, Danny Kaye, Steve Allen. These are all, you know, Smother Brothers, Pat Paulson. These are all comedians. Yeah. So I don't think Ron Clark was ever a comedian, just but he was around them. Right. So he knows, but he probably had friends that got one instant. You know, he probably seen the instant success and the the quick burnout. And maybe he was a stand-up and the internet just yeah. Man, you were great. Hey, I'm a comedian too. Do you know is there how can I is there a list? Can I get up? Do you know uh, of any other rooms? I have a hundred million other questions. That only happened to me once. I was in Jersey City. I was at this show just seeing a friend. Her name's Stacy Tendro. She's from Boston. She's a feature. And um I just went up to the guy and I said, Look, I'm a comedian. Uh seems like everyone's still warm and you're about to end. Uh can I <laughs> All right. And so I did. I went up and I did a, the set I had in my wallet, like I was saying. Yeah. Now they had a grand piano there. So I, I said your joke about tickling the ivories and how sometimes the elephant sees. And it got a big laugh. So I said, okay, I'll tickle the ivories. So I sat down and I played Imagine by John Lennon. And I did Imagine There's No Yoko. Oh, it really went well. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm yeah. glad to hear. So it's not only in the movies, Carl. Even, you know, it happened to you. It wasn't Bernie's Bar and Cafe. Right. So he's leaving Bernie's and the guy's like, you were genuinely funny and everybody loved you. And that was all it took. That's strong enough. He gets on the phone with One girlfriend set. at three in the morning. Yeah. And, and says, I'm coming home. Hey, I just did a set and I killed. I, I can't go to sleep. I'm going to go back to Los Angeles and, and pursue my dream. Now, what's going to run off again? All takes place. It's still New Year's Eve. It so, was he asleep at 10 30? No, look at the clock. It's like four in the morning. Yes, right. It's, but it's New, New Year's, Year's Day. Day. So, this is all happening this 180. Now she's happy because she's the perfect girlfriend. He doesn't go, How dare you put me through a breakup? And then you're, you bipolar motherfucker. No, he, he showed up to his home. work. He showed up to her work on New Year's Eve, the busiest night. We just said it was the biggest <laughs> night in comedy. Right. Hey, I, I left. I left you a note. I'm going. I, I can't hack. Yeah. This is kind of a comic thing to do. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. deal. I, I'm done. Now he's back. Is he listening to George Carlin again? No. Kelly Carlin? He's just, yeah, we're hearing, we're hearing inspirational music. And you can do it. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I love the theme song. Go ahead. Put it up. Put it up. I am divine. Every on my mind, LA on my way. (laughs) 
love this. I know what to do. So bad. And it's also so 83. That's it. He goes back. The movie's over. That's no scary. New Year's Day. Here's Peter. Lay Peter Ackerman. A lot of people passed away. Yeah, a lot of did. Not Howie, though. It's really Howie. funny, his baby voice. Yeah, oh, it's Bobby's World. Jack oh, Blum. yeah? Did that go on to be Bobby's World? Yeah, he did a... I didn't look up Jack Blum. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's all right. Look at my... Yeah, he was pretty he good. Put it on those girls who voluntarily hopped up on the stage and were happy about it. Yeah, you know what? I mean, what about the female performers? Do they, would they feel comfortable being in a place that allows that? Like some some comics allows them. girls. To, they oh. were females who got on the stage and said, "I'm into." They, they were audience members who came to see a show. They shouldn't be up there showing their tits. Okay. Hey, we never seen Brian Nussick on stage. That must be cut material. <laughs> yeah, there's Steve Allen, and his Walkman doesn't get a credit. Walkman did not get a credit, and I was very, I thought that wasn't. That wasn't fair. Jesus Christ, Carl. What do yeah. you think of this movie? While the music still plays, don't get I, me wrong. Yes, I have to say that I enjoyed it because it was stand-up comedian. I guess I have to say I enjoyed it. But it irked me that it's just like he rolls into town. He's got a girlfriend and a place to stay. All the comedians are his friends. He gets, uh, you know, becomes a regular comedian with hardly any material. He's going to do a pilot. It's all like, ah, fake. That's not the way life works. But it's a movie. I get it. You have to accelerate. Well, it's a parody, Carl. Uh, Carl. I think this movie is good. Uh, and that it, it I, the problem is, is that it, the whole story about the Los Angeles comedy scene in the 70s and 80s, you know, this was 83, so it was still kind of new and had that car fresh car smell it wasn't stale and repurposed and regurgitated and reused but it was their version of it so i caught a little inside history in there and uh i don't know it was like a cautionary tale this guy you know of hollywood of this guy like they just take young faces and put them in uh stuff that they can't deal with and then they Here's get the crushed recorded material yeah there we go so oh he listened to a uh, 2000 year old man comedy's not pretty right. Dating Joan of Arc was. Oh, did you, yeah. Well, we should give a shout out to to uh, Patrick Carlin, uh, George Carlin's younger brother, who used to be part of the show before us here on the Edge radio. of Insanity. Yeah. Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumbaugh. Yeah, Re this, the recently married. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Fans of Paul Brumbaugh and Mrs. Christine. Uh, Definitely you know, the, our yeah. fans. Of Paul Brumbaugh. Great right. material. Great picking up his kid from. Jail, funny comedian Paul Brumbaugh. Right, not in this movie, however. So, uh, one comedian didn't make the cut, but yeah, we love Paul. All right, then rated our movie. Wow. Mm. Mm. Well, Carl, uh, yeah, that was it. We are done with that yeah. at all. We never have to go back yeah. to the funny farm. Uh, we are free of that. Next week, we are gonna maybe. I don't know. We well, we we have I a film know, like. Uh... I don't announce that film. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's, talk. let's put it this way. <laughs> the purpose of our show is to, some movies are so bad, you just can't watch them on your own. You need yeah. someone in the room. You need somebody yeah. to be part. And we always feel like because you have to listen to our podcast and watch the movie at the same time to fully experience 
uh, what we're doing that we're that led us. We are as a group, us, the podcast and you, the listener, we are watching a movie together because some movies you just can't make it to the end because they're so fucking bad. <laughs> and that's the scenario we have with the film that it's in the pipeline and we can't. The thing is, I will, in my research, be watching it alone, maybe four times. Let's talk off air. All right, we'll talk off air because I watched the movie until a point where I had, my eyes were removed by my hands and I could <laughs> no longer watch the movie. So I think I agree with you. Well, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, how about that for excitement here on Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube every Sunday on MutinyRadio.fm, where you can contribute to the station. Please go to yeah. MutinyRadio.fm, hit their Patreon link, or go to Venmo and send them a couple bucks at Mutiny Radio. We'd love to keep this going, uh, We, as we have been for, for years. This is part of the Mission District community. We have live shows on Monday and Friday. Uh, and if you don't want to go in person to see them, you can listen to them on Muni Radio as a podcast or streaming live. Exactly. Go to muniradio.fm. More information about our iTunes link. More information about all the shows, including what's really happening that just played before us at noon here on Sunday. So, Luke. Carl, yeah, Luke Sayer. Luke, uh, Carl just called you Luke. Uh, it's me, Mark. Luke, do you uh, anything uh, you'd like to promote? Anything coming up? I guess no, just go to carlsucks.com and uh, you'll see all my upcoming dates, which pretty much means I'll be at Scotty's this weekend. And if there's anything else I do this weekend, so please Sounds good. enjoy. Yeah, and we have a lot of great more show coming on. So uh, make sure you, uh, now that February is done, uh, join us next week in March as we maybe show a film we can't watch. My birthday's tomorrow, February 28th. You Happy birthday. Oh, but you. it's Monday. <laughs> birthday on a Monday. How yeah. ironic. Yeah. See you guys at the party. All right. See you at the party, Carl. Uh, happy 40. 56. 56. All right. Yeah. Hey, it. man. Hey, I'm a couple years behind you. So <laughs> keep, keep, keep blazing the path for me, brother. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. o'clock it's friday night you're at mutinyradio.fm and sf and it's time for happy hour the happiest hour of two hours of comedy on the internet streaming and everywhere else that exists with comedy happy friday yay you're all here we're all here it's four minute sets you'll hear the horn at three i try to do it on a punchline so that it doesn't disturb you too much <laughs> the scary clown horn uh but we're gonna do those sets and it's gonna be really fun and we're gonna be each other's audience because it doesn't look like there's any people with souls in here today. But usually people come by and they're like, oh, the comedy, what's going on? And then there's real people here sometimes too. So yay. Thanks for being here though. And be nice to each other as audience and clap your hands together for your first comedian, everybody. It's Kelly Evans. Yay. Hey, what's going on, everybody? 
Hell yeah. I decided not to go home for the holidays. Give it up for me. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Every time I'm there, I just end up missing here, you know? And so, you know, in order to get a piece of home, I sometimes have to walk outside and take a shit on the sidewalk, you know? And that's, I bring a piece with me. You know what I mean? Um, if you don't know, I'm from Texas. Uh, that's how they say it. You have to say it with a little bit of racism, you know? That's how it's <laughs> Texas, you know? Like, you just don't really, you're not quite sure about Chinese people. You know what I mean? That's how, no offense. Um, no, it is a very racist place, though. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of. Anyway, um, I don't know if you know this about the South, but it's racist. And, uh, I mean, so much so, in fact, there are some people who think the South is going to rise again. That's like a statement they say in, in Mississippi. The South shall rise again. Like, not with those test scores. Man, you know, have you seen the science and math scores? Like, you got to be able to spell secession to do secession, I'm pretty sure. Tight. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, I, I, speaking of racism, um, I was in an Uber the other day, and the driver was like, Chinese people can't drive. And he was Korean. So... That was weird, you know? I was like, turns out white people are the only one feeling bad about racism. <laughs> we are. Other races are just living it up, you know? They're just having a great time. It's just a wild thing to say, go back to where you came from when you're also not from here, you know? That shit was weird. Um, I, uh, see, I used to do OxyContin. Thank you, I'm a hero. Um, yeah, I did Oxy, and uh, I stopped doing it because my family was upset. And um, so, I, you know, once I kind of got off drugs, I was, like, spending a lot more time with them. You know, I actually learned something. I should have kept doing the oxy. I should have just kept doing Yeah, my family sucks. They are. It was not worth it, honestly. Um, I'd rather be an addict. Uh, all right, I'll finish on this last thing because it's long. Um, uh, my friend is about to have a baby. And uh, so he's actually going to be stay at home because his wife has a much more successful job than he does. Uh, yeah, makes him a loser. A fucking, yeah, no, he's a hero. He's the hero, way to go. It is weird when he breastfeeds, though, you know? That is awkward for everybody. Uh, I just, the thing that annoys me is we were at the baby shower, and somebody was like, uh, being a parent is the hardest job in the world. And I was like, it's not a fucking job, man. I've never got a job where it came with placenta, you know? I'm just saying, it's not, it's not, why do we keep calling it a job? I know that makes stay-at-home parents feel better, but it's, it's way harder than any fucking job. Like, if I had a job that made me clean shit up and show up early constantly, I would flush it down the toilet. You know what I mean? Is that too dark? That was too, I knew Pam would like that one. All right, that one was just for Pam. Anyway, I just, yeah, I've never cared about a job the way you probably care about being a parent, you know? Um, also, uh, beco ironically, becoming a parent is way easier than getting any job. There's no drug test or test at all. You can just, uh, yeah, you just easily become, I never become, I never got a job because I was just too horny one time and I didn't pull out. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot. You're the CEO now, you know? That's never, never fucking happened once, man. Although it would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty tight if it worked that way. I would love to come early and then get a job for it. Um, also, the thing is, you can quit a job, you know? You can't quit, but you can quit being a coal miner, and people are very, congr they're congratulatory. They're like, hey, good for you. You know, you're retired. If you quit being a parent, all people have is questions. That is it. You're just like, think about how much more free time I have. You're like, where the fuck are your kids, man? All right, that was uh, very high energy. Thank you very much.
Have fun. Uh, I'll see you later. Where the fuck are your kids? Yay, Kelly Evans. Yay. Yay, Kelly Evans. Kids are gross. Uh, your next comedian, a super funny guy. Clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion for Devontre Coleman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, can you hear me? This shit's on the floor and stuff. Just wanted to be all the way in the back. Yeah, all right, joke time. Uh, I think we should bring back slavery. Simply because I'm tired of having to clean my own apartment. I don't think black people should be the slaves. White Uber drivers should be the slaves. Um, say that, but I'm not racist. I, uh, I'm not racist. I, I, I know that racism is wrong. We can all agree that racism is wrong, right? Cool, yeah. But that was, a, that was low energy. I'm leaving as soon as I'm done. Ra- all racism is wrong, but it's not all bad. There are some perks to racism. Like, personally, my favorite perk is that because of racism, random white couples will never ask me to take pictures of them with their phones. Uh, yeah, racism could have stopped a lot of things. Like, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, he's been in media lately. He could have been stopped with just a sprinkle of racism because if you don't know, he killed 17 men of color, like 17 minority men. If he was just a little bit more racist, it would have only been two white men, max. Because the police care about white people. Um, y'all like video games? Make some noise if you like playing video games. Woo, this is a high-energy crowd. This is my favorite. I like video games, um, but I don't like being called a gamer. I feel like that's our N-word. It's actually way worse because no one's ever called me a gamer as a term of endearment. They usually use the hard R. Uh, yeah. I would prefer if people outside of the gaming community referred to us as people of games. Yeah. I need to lose weight. I go like big girls. And it's weird because when, when you're skinny and you date bigger women, it's like you're being adventurous and she's accomplishing something. But have you ever seen two big people on a date? It just looks like they both settled. I, uh... I uh, I recently found this new diet. It's called the Jurassic Diet, where you eat what you think the dinosaurs would have eaten. I don't think it's going to work, though, because I genuinely believe the dinosaurs would have enjoyed Oreos. Um, are we a sex-positive crowd? We we believe in sex work and all that makes a noise. Yeah, I think we need to shed more light on the real heroes, though. Those are the sex volunteers, because without them, we'd be miserable. Um... You all, you all believe in like exploring your sexuality, right? I've been exploring my sexuality lately. And the older I get, the more I realize that my sexual preferences are on the default settings. Like, uh, freaky shit actually isn't cool to me anymore. I recently got invited to my first orgy, and I don't really know how I feel about that. Because to be invited to an orgy, strangers have to think you look like you attend orgies. I don't know if I'm supposed to watch or join in. But uh, I'm going to find out on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to end on uh, this chug that Ian loves. Uh, so, so, like, I know that freaky shit isn't my forte because, like, dirty talk scares me. Because when you're too good at dirty talk, it becomes, like, intimidating. I was with this lady recently, and in the heat of the moment, she said to me, she said, I want you to fill me up with so much cum that it seeps out of my pores. Like, first of all, I definitely got to get tested after this. 
But also, like, that wasn't improvised. She practiced that in front of a mirror for, like, weeks. Also, I didn't want her to, like, be upset with me. Like, I, want, I wanted her to stay in the zone. So the first thing I thought of, I said, and I said, yo, after fucking with a nigga like me, you're going to need a dermatologist. Yeah, thank you. I'm Devontra. Devontra Coleman, yay! I understand about those practice lines. I was, hey, I was on the bus, and um, some children behind me, they were probably 15-year-old guys, They, one of them said to another one, I came so hard on her chest, I knocked the wind out of her. I was like, you did not. You haven't come on anything but your own chest, you fucking child. I did not say that to the child. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Jared Senna. What the fuck is up, guys? Hey. Hey, Spencer. Nice to see you, Hagrid. Anyways, uh, hey, my name is Jared. One of Pam's abortions that came to life. Yep. Uh, following in mom's footsteps. I uh, wish she acknowledged my existence. It uh, doesn't matter. Um, uh, so uh, recently, uh, I was having sex with a guy. Thank you, Josh. Uh, he forgot to pull out. Now he's CEO of my startup. Uh, yeah. Riffing off Kelly. Thanks, Josh. Thanks. <laughs> okay. If you always want to see Brave, I can do more than just that. No? Okay, anyways, you know what? I have stuff to work on. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I was uh, popular in high school. Uh, I was known as that one kid that got hit by a car. I was on my way to smoke weed with my friend at a local park, and a car hit me as I was crossing the street. Yeah, Spencer. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. My grandma once told me that Smoking weed would put me in a hospital. I didn't think it would involve a Kia Sorento. Um, it was really hard to walk. I was in a full body cast. It was really easy for me to find a homecoming date. I just went up to the hottest girl I saw and said, don't trip the shit out. At first it didn't work, but eventually she caved in and reminded her about the charges I filed for hitting me in the first place. Um, uh... All right, we're going to segue into porn jokes. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. That was brave, too? Fuck yeah. Um, uh, uh, okay. Uh, oh, what was this? God, how this joke went. <laughs> Thanks, Spencer. <laughs> Thanks for uh, covering me blanking out here. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't really, uh, uh, as a Gen Z person, I'm really grateful for all the resources you provided me. I'm not really worried about any When I really mean resources, I mean porn. Um, um, really glad I grew up with porn, you know. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of my older millennial friends. He said that one time growing up, he had no access to porn. He drew a picture and masturbated. Yeah, um, it sounds like a really insane thing to do, but I got to give the man credit. He has artistic talent that really did look like his stuff. Uh, um, yeah, but uh, 
Uh, I'm glad, li like I said, I'm glad I have porn because uh, I don't have to run into that same problem. Uh, because I, because I, if I want to watch porn, I can just go on the internet and I can find stepmom everywhere. Okay, maybe there's something there. Uh, okay, uh, I want to be like. Uh, maybe there's something there. I want to be like Mr. Miyagi to my kid. Uh, I love the Karate Kid. Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna teach him to do chores until he learns a very important lesson at the end. But uh, it, this is not gonna be for self-defense. It's gonna be for something different. And when he's finally having sex with his girlfriend, he's finally gonna be. You know what to do. And I don't know how the fuck that joke's gonna. That joke's gonna go. I, 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 we're, I'm gonna work on that one. But you know what? Give it up for all the comics in the room. Give it up for Pam. And uh, have a good night, everybody. Keep your hands clapping for Jared and he's so brave. Jared, um, are you are you brave enough to eat one of my cheese? I made these Georgian cheese breads. They have 60 milligrams of weed. Yesterday I was so high. It's just yeah. I'll get it out of the bag for you in a sec. Um, um, hold on. So yeah, you're you're brave enough. To do it, it's 60 minutes. Yeah, that's why yesterday at the bar on Dolores, Mike, I was in a supine position. I was like reclined the entire, I couldn't get up. I, everyone had to hand me the microphone because I was like, I can't do it today. I can't stand up and down. Um, all right, your next hit was, they're really strong. Just be careful. Maybe don't eat the whole thing. I don't know. 6D, 6-0. Well, he could do, good luck. It's, it tastes so good, it's kind of hard not to. Your next comedian, so lovely. Put your hands together for Ian Langland. Baby, you got to stop. Yo, what's up? Jared's going to eat that edible, and we're not going to hear from him ever again. <laughs> you know where you're going to be? You're going to be living on Van Ness if you eat that fucking edible, bro. And not in an apartment complex. Um, all right, there he goes. Oh, shit. Just scarf it. Let him live a little bit. Jared's got Jared's excitement. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you get taller, Jared. <laughs> okay, I gotta tell a joke now. Okay. Uh, there's a um, there's a very interesting divide between my generation and my parents' generation. Um, it comes up a lot. People are always talking about it, but. For me, it, 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 it's like I get in arguments with like my aunts and uncles about generational stuff like all the time, and it's like really annoying because the way I look at it, it makes sense that I don't know things from the '70s, but when I tell them about things happening now, it like blows their fucking mind. It's it's so weird. Like I was talking to my uncle the other day, and I told him I was like I've actually never written a letter before. He was like, what the fuck are you fucking talking about? He, he treated me like I was like a, in a psych ward. He thought I was insane. And then I showed him how to find Google on his phone, and he was like, whoa, Steve Jobs. Sorry we can't all be tech geniuses. <laughs> I feel like there's like a disconnect. And then he turned around, he was like, you don't know the lead actor from Gilligan's Island, you fucking idiot? <laughs> I'm like, no. I don't know that. It's just, I don't know, I, I, it happens to be all the fucking time. And directions are another one. I get it, you know, I do get it, like my parents' generation. Directions is everything. Directions, to get everywhere, you need it. Whoa! God damn, I was, I was in such a good flow, too. I'm going to blame that on Jared. Um, rewind. Um, 
d- directions were like a big deal. I get it. <laughs> I need to get this out. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I get it. That's like, that's how you did it. Everything was directions. You take this, you do this, you do this. My dad, every time I go anywhere, he's like, this is what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to go down 280, and once you hit the East Bend Turnpike, you're going to take the third exit, and all I hear when he's saying that is like, <laughs> like the parents from like the fuck par- parents from Charlie Brown, you know, and they go like wah wah wah. Like, it's nothing. There's there's no, I'm not retaining any of the information. He's saying it just like wah 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 wah, and I, and then I'm like I'm just gonna put it into Google Maps. God, I wish I caught that better, but it's okay. And then I I just feel I also feel like when you reach the age of 65, y- you should like lose all privileges to the internet. I think that's that's what I think. I just don't I don't know if there's anyone at that age that's doing any good on the internet. Like I'll post something on my Instagram and like my great aunt in Foster City will like comment on it. She'll be like, Hey Ian, looking handsome. How's the weather out there? Things are good here in Foster City. Me and Uncle Mike just settled down in our new home. Would love to see you sometime soon. Much love to the parents. And I'm like, I didn't need to know any of that, this is Instagram, and I just posted a dick pic, so. Um, actually, I think that's all I wanted to do, so I'm just going to give my time back. Thank you, everybody. The very generous Ian Langlands. Yay, Ian. He has new jokes. That's exciting. Oh, if we want to have a mustache growing contest, you guys, I am definitely going to win that one. Uh, your next comedian, I pluck mine. I don't know if you shave. Uh, I don't. I don't shave anything else. I pluck. Yeah, it's no sh- no shave November, right? Is that what it is? Beard out November. Oh, <laughs> amazing! Your next comedian, so funny, so wonderful. Put your hands together for Josh Kotsky. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to emotionally recover from me and being mean to me. I don't think I can handle it. Uh, I went to Dolores Park this last weekend. I saw this magician there. The incomparable Ivan. That dude was better than... Wait, no. He was worse than... Fuck, I can't. I can't do... So fucking dumb. Because incomparable means you can't. Anywho, uh, if you listen to Kanye West, you might think that Jews run the world. Uh, but if you listen to Beyonce, you know who run the world? Girls, yeah. So if you ever meet a Jewish woman, you do what the fuck she tells you. All right, Jewish women. Uh, Jews are a lot like pineapple pizza, you know? Like half the world hates them. No one really knows why. I, they're a bit of an acquired taste, but they're sweet enough when you get to know them. They're no pepperoni for obvious reasons. All right, this is going well. Um, I am Jewish. Uh, I keep kosher because it says to in the in the thing, and um, I don't know. Like I I keep kosher, but no one really knows if like that's the rule, right? Like I feel like it would suck if I got up to heaven and God was just like, "Why didn't you have bacon? That you need that to get in. That's why we made it taste so good. Why didn't you do this? Okay, cool. Trying out new fucking shit. Um, you know what? Fuck it. Um, more Jewish stuff. I'm Jewish. Uh, my girlfriend's Asian, which means that when you come to visit our place, you have to take off your shoes. Uh, but you can complain about it as much as you want. In fact, it's required. Um, 
Vontrae's giving me a look like he's trying to like stare through my chest cavity. I don't know. Do you have like laser vision or something you're working on? Feel like you're trying to shoot through here. Okay. Sorry. That's a rough. That's a rough draw. Um. Anyways. Um. Yeah. I'm dating an Asian girl. Uh, a lot of Jews and Asians date. I think it's because our parents are so similar. Like my parents are controlling. My parents are frugal. Her parents are frugal. My parents are totally ashamed of my comedy career. Her parents totally ashamed in her taste in men. Um, yeah, we went to this uh, we went to this sushi spot the other night, and uh, on the outside of the sushi spot, there's this sign that said, "We are against anti-Asian hate." So there's a hyphen between Asian and hate. So it read like, "We are against being anti-Asian hate. We love Asian hate." I was like, oh my god, what a great ad campaign to take racist people's money. I was just like, do you hate the Asian culture and everything it stands for? Come discuss it over sushi and sake bombs. For an extra $500, you can pronounce nigiri however you want. <laughs> um, I do think it's weird. Like, there's, there's all these hate crimes against Asian people, these, these racists are blaming Asian folks for COVID. They're going up and attacking Asian people in the street, which it's weird to me because, like, how are you so racist that you blame all Asian people for COVID, yet not racist enough to assume they all know Kung Fu? You should be terrified of attacking these people, all right? You don't get to just pick and choose the stereotypes you want to believe in. Like, I need to figure out an example there. Um, you know what? Fuck all of this. I'm going to do one more joke. Um... Actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to go die now. Cool. Peace out. Yay. Josh Kotsky. Yay. No, no. He was being metaphorical, I think. Or he was. He's, he's anti, anti-suicide. He's, he's suicide prevention anti, anti. He's raising awareness for anti-euthanasia. Anti-self-euthanasia. You're an ex-comedian. Uh, I was, uh, hey, I don't know, I don't say. He has a great show coming up this Friday, 11-11 uh, at Boozland, Emperor Norton's at 7 o'clock. Put your hands together for Dorian Trung. I uh, ran out of clean pants. So that's why I'm wearing pants uh, that belongs to the giant. I waited for him to fall asleep before I stole these from him. I have to wait long. Real time. He's fucking me in the ass. I uh, I was getting my uh, I was getting a blowjob recently, guys, and uh, and then my girlfriend got really upset and it tasted different. Thought I was cheating. I was sneaking around her back by like. Eating hamburgers. Turned out it was gauchos. It was like one of those horse girls. She's like, Mason just broke up. Anyway, we broke up, and um, I think it took us breaking up before I realized how much I missed uh, jacking off. And it's the only way I could come sitting down. Yeah. I've had a lot of free time in my hands, so I've been watching a lot of TV. Uh, I just watched the new, uh, the newest season of the Game of Thrones show. 
Makes me really wish I had a sister. I uh, also started watching um, my new favorite show, uh, Love on a Spectrum. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know those guys were autistic. I thought it was just a bunch of cool dudes killing it in the dating game. I was taking notes. I was looking back and I was like, swords, Doras, going to the zoo. I feel so stupid writing that down. I should have known something was up when I uh, when I saw one of those guys like super into ligers. You know what I mean? And for you guys that don't know, a liger is just a big retarded lion. I had my friend dressed up as Kanye over Halloween. He uh, wore one of those uh, White Lives Matter sweaters. Whoa! So I pulled him aside. Like, Dude, that's not cool, man. All lives. Some people think uh, Kanye is racist, you know. Some people say he's anti. I say he's a hero. He single-handedly ended Stop Asian Hate. What else I have here? I don't have anything else, Pam. Thank you. Oh, wow. Dorian Trung, everyone, giving his time back to the room. Does anybody have like one of those flosser things? Those individual flosser things in their bag? I have. Anyway. That not too thick. Um, your next comedian, what a gem, what a sparkle. Put your hands together, everybody, for Colin Braun. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, more jokes about depression. Are you guys familiar with Are you guys are you guys familiar with despair? I'd like to get familiar with despair? All right. I'm not depressed today. Thank you. Um, I've been reading the Quran um, because I left my husband in and I grabbed a book. Um, I realized what I had done and after Raw, I realized then I seen right in But um, I've noticed that uh, comedians about, about everything except for Islam. They say the wrong thing, jump the wrong line, and an angry, violent mob of white liberals will come and behead their career. But Twitter's dead now. Um, so is so let's just <coughs> So I grew up in a worldly liberal suburb of Boston, I always thought schooling that I knew not about Islam. It turns out I uh, I didn't know shit. Neither do any of you. So let's all learn together. Now, Islam is an Abrahamic religion in that Muslims worship the same all-knowing, all-powerful God as Jews and Christians. We all talk about him a little bit differently. In Islam, God is merciful. Whereas in Christianity, God is loving. In Judaism, God is busy was established in the 600s by the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. During a time when the religious groups, this is a very long bit, I apologize. During a time when the religious groups on the Arabian Peninsula, polytheists, Christians, were always in conflict. may surprise you, Christians today, Christians 1,300 years ago, were exactly the same. 
they were just going around, knocking on doors, saying, hey, good news, Jesus is the son of God. The polytheists were like, yeah, they, they all have kids. How do you spell Jesus? Is it with a G? upset a Jewish guy next door, and he'd have to get out of the bath. And, um, he'd say, look, your friend sounds like Jesus, very nice, but God, also the mezuzah says. So that theological tension was brewing, growing, until eventually all of Arabia was reduced to pointless tribalistic fighting in the desert, like gays in Palm Springs, Beyonce versus Gaga. Nothing's getting accomplished. Nobody's having fun. Girl, you're dehydrated. So through his teachings, and against all odds, the prophet Muhammad, who was upon him, united the tribes under one religion. Yet the Middle East had gotten a long way. Thank you. Now, one of the most well-known aspects of Islam is that they pray five times a day. Now, this is not originally what God wanted. He said to the prophet, like the new religion, kids, 50 times a day, and the prophet teaches. Sure, that's great. So he leaves the meeting room with God, and he's heading down the escalator. He runs into the room. Also, up there with Jesus. Oh, he said, it, it, it went good. Uh, he said 50 times a day. So he said, kid, I know you're new to this. I've people follow me before. You never pray sticker price. Get back there and negotiate. So Moses walks him through this cosmic negotiation. Gets God down to five that's the Bay Area equivalent of a beautiful hill, of a beautiful home in the Oakland Hills for $185,000. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God created the heavens and the earth and the kittens and the puppies and the chocolates and the dogs. No one ever said God is a good businessman. Frankly, I'm amazed that he even managed to do that. all heard that. Yay, Colin Braun! Yay! Peace be upon him. Uh, is that sacrilegious if I say that about you? Your next comedian runs a great room down in the South Bay. First and third Wednesdays. Put your hands together, everybody, for Wally Hippolito! Oh, shit. Happy Friday, folks. Happy fucking Friday. What's up? Um, I've been watching a new TV show, or I've been watching a TV show lately called uh, World's Toughest Prisons. Y'all heard of it? Yeah, if you haven't, it's uh, it's like Orange is the New Black, but with less lesbians. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. I've, um, I was watching this episode in the Philippines, and I was thinking to myself, like, man, if I were locked up, I'd probably be the fucking top dog in that prison, right? Cut to a scene where a dude's getting gangbanged, and he looks exactly like me. Uh, turns out I'd make a better bottom bitch, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Y'all know I love to gamble. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, people call it an addiction, but uh, I like to call myself a gambling enthusiast because addiction implies that I'm like, I get really desperate, you know, to get my things paid for, like really desperate to get a fix. And, you know, I'm not sucking bookies off for $50 to get a parlay paid for, you know what I mean? That's what I bring my sister for. Yeah, I'm just fucking with you guys, guys. I'm, I don't have a sister, uh, especially since the last time I had to pay off the Yakuza. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, there's this group called Moms Against Gambling, and they're set out to make um, online gambling harder for kids to do. And I think it's kind of stupid, you know, because, like, if, my, if I ever caught my kid gambling, like, that's, like, the least weirdest thing on the Internet, am I right, guys? Like, these women have obviously been never been on chat roulette before, you know? Like, if my kid is putting up $50 before Thursday night football, God bless his soul. Because it teaches me t a couple of things. Uh, one, that that kid is ambitious. And two... Never to lend that little motherfucker money in my life because I'm never going to see that shit again. Um, my mom, uh, she's my mom is a huge gambler. I get it from her. Uh, I think she's so good at gambling because uh, she's great at mental warfare. Yeah, yeah. Th she's a bad bitch, y'all. She really is. Like, I remember as a kid, uh, she would hit my brother whenever he got in trouble, right? You know, don't look at me like that. It was the 90s. What the fuck do you want me to do? And um, as she's hitting him, she turns around and looks at me and says, do you want next, Wally? What the fuck gave you that idea, lady? Like, you can't be over here handing, handing out uh, buy one, get one beatdowns because you feel like it or if it's convenient to you, bro. Like, you got to chill, man. So, um, so our relationship's going really well. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's gotten a lot better since uh, we started, since I started therapy. Yeah. Uh, now she calls me the daughter she's always wanted. Really great for me. I love it. You know, it's gotten to the point where she uh, she texted me the other day asking, like, hey, you know, I'm getting rid of, the, rid of these dresses. Do you want any of them? And I was appalled, you know. I was like, dude, are you fucking serious? Send me a couple photos, man. Like, I want to check them out. I like them. Uh, uh, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. Uh, on Netflix, one of my favorite movies, Ocean's Eleven, is on. You guys watch that? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. I, I love the fantasy part of it all, really, like the really fake part of it where a man in his uh, 40s can call 10 other dudes to hang out. Yeah, because if you're over 30 years old, guys, you, you're going to – you three are going to fucking learn later on that you can call like two or three dudes up, but they're probably not going to answer you until your dying day. Um, yeah, I'm Wally Hippolito. That's my time. Ah. Hooray! We all die alone. Yay, Wally Hippolito. That was that was an interesting ending to it. Like I was like, I'll truck it along, and I'm like, you don't have any friends. It's okay. I don't either. We're all lone wolves. Yay! We're all gonna die alone. I know I don't have ten friends. I don't have ten. I don't even. I don't, I don't even. I don't even have two. Are you kidding me? Uh, Newman Shake is not here yet. No, no. But you know who is? Dave, put your hands together. Dan Guan. Woo! What's up, everybody? How are you? All right, cool. Still can't get this one. All right, cool. Uh, so guys, like as you guys, some of you, some of you guys already know. I actually grew up in a suburb outside of Boston. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. One white guy really, really knows his suburbs out there. All right. Um, very white town. Very, very white town. Give you some perspective of how white this town was. The only two gra two famous people that graduated out of my high school was a, was, a, was a hockey player for the New Jersey Devils, Bill Burr. Yeah, you guys ever had, like, a yearbook superlative called Most Likely to Get Into a Bar Fight? I want to let that little sit there for a little bit. 
I think I've, as, as being an Asian guy that went to an all-white high school, I had to really try hard to assimilate because I had to really try everything because I was a blank. I did everything. I wearing my cap backwards. I started going to tailgates. I started dating Asian women. Like I did everything I could to be a white guy, and it just would not work out. Totally stand out. Speaking of which, it's also kind of weird because now I'm noticing that at uh, eight white juniors trying to be Asian, almost sometimes they're taking it a little too far. Like one time, I was actually having breakfast with my parents. We got into a little bit of an argument in the morning. And this one white guy comes over to our table and just says, "Son, hey, your dad is a very wise man." To which I was like, dude, you understand Chinese? That's crazy, because I couldn't understand what the fuck my dad was saying. So, uh, you know, that, uh, you can be my, you can be his son going forward. You can be his son. Okay, cool. Out. Uh, let's see. Uh, my dad runs a Chinese restaurant. Uh, I spent a lot of time growing up there. And uh, you can tell that my dad spent a lot of time at the Chinese restaurant, because a lot of the uh, life lessons he did will always be framed as restaurant chores. That was a modern-day Mr. Miyagi. Like, he would, try, he would basically would tell me to run the front register uh, as a way to prepare for mental math. Um, my, uh, my driver's test uh, instantly became uh, my next Chinese delivery order. Like, I don't know. That was pretty crazy to be thinking about. Okay, that one may have been there. Uh, let's see. All right, let's, let's do this one. Uh, you guys have been getting spam texts lately? You guys are getting into spam texts to your phone lately? Yeah, all the fucking time, right? Really fucking annoying. Yeah, I think it's weird that especially, like, I used to think that, like, spam text would be, like, click on this link and then go go click on this, like, weird, like, virus link. Now they're getting hella creative because now I've been getting texts saying, hey, Ben, when are we going to go golfing? Hey, dude, when are we going to talk about your real estate offer? One text literally just wrote back and said, I made cake at home. Welcome to taste it at my home. Which got me thinking, I'm like, what person will really, who is this really for? Like, who's going to fall for this shit? You know, it's like thinking about, ah, fuck, they're not going to scam some money out of me. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, that one friend I don't know about, I got to try his cake at home, you know? Like, how crazy is that? This is like the modern day, like, uh, abduction. Because instead of now you can't talk to strangers and, and, and fall for candy, now it's like, oh, shit, I can't fall for unsolicited cake. Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. I, don't, I just don't think the spammers really know anything about me, right? Because all they're just thinking is that I'm just some rich white dude now with diabetes. Like, I just don't think those texts are really meant for anybody. Okay, that one might go Cool, 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 cool. Um, all right, guys. Uh, so some of you might know this. I also, uh, so uh, by day, I work in tech. Uh, Pam. And uh, I think one of the weirdest things that I get is that when I tell people what I do actually for my day job, they automatically assume software engineer. Uh, which is, I think, is kind of racist, right? Just because you think that as a single Asian guy work living in the Bay Area, you automatically assume I'm a software engineer. Because uh, don't you guys know that I'm uh, too stupid to be doing that kind of thing? Like, I don't know what was out there. And uh, let's see. Actually, I think that's what I'm going to try for today. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Dan Guan, everyone. Hooray. Right, your next comedian, one of my favorite comedians. I've known him forever, and he's every Tuesday he just murders um, up at the Milk Bar and hates debates. Put your hands together for Spencer Devine. Uh, Pam, I, I finally oh I finally started writing in this notebook. Um, I've written in other notebooks before, and every notebook I've had.
their dick broke. Uh, has anyone, have, have you guys ever had someone come up to you and they're like, oh, let me tell you a joke for a dollar, and you, you them, and you're like, no, let me tell you a joke for a dollar, and they're like, no, let me, I need this more, you can tell me. Uh, so I watch Law and Order a lot because I have a job, and I like to waste my desktop money, uh, and I saw a really good episode, so I decided Uh, did you get the subpoenas to put on your desk? What subpoenas? So, now, have you ever said something over and over again and it changes? You're like, what subpoena? What subpoena? What subpoenas? And I know it's not SVU, but they should know. But then they come back into it. It's like, uh, what subpoenas? Uh, oh, just, you'll find them under the briefs. You know, <laughs> but when you break it open, you know, go slowly. There's a lot to take in. Hey, just oh, so just another hardened criminal breaking breaking penal code sixty nine. <laughs> oh my God, that's why there's subpoenas on your desk. Looks like he was lucky. A hung jury, they couldn't come together. <laughs> There was a firm offer, you know, from the defense to pull the jury, uh, but the but the judge, her rebuttal, she kept banging and banging and banging until they came into her chambers. But did he get off? No, he can't get off until the state drops their suit. But if this goes on any longer, the defense might not be pro bono anymore, and they'll say it's a headache, and then they'll rest instead. That's the whole of that bit. I did not learn any law and order characters. Junk, junk. Uh, you know, it's been getting. Well, apparently, the musical Grease is complicated now. It's Troubling because of the dynamic between men and women are really weird in that musical. And to Nikki, especially, it's like constant. Uh, but you know what was bad? You know what was worse than the musical Grease? Ancient Grease. You know, it was real bad. It was so bad. You know, they were, oh, they were the fathers of architecture. They also loved little boys a lot. You know how much they loved them? They were the ones who invented the word for old men. Having a much younger man. Pedagogy. Look it up. The entirety of ancient Greece was like Chris Hansen's The Ketchup Philosophy. Uh, yes. <laughs> In the musical Greece, they do call Greece Lightning a pussy wagon. Uh, but you know what a pussy wagon was in ancient Greece? The wagon that they picked up your body in when lions came from the mountain. Not mountain lions. Regular lions from the mountains. Fuck ancient Greece. That's been my time. Ah,
Spencer Devine, everyone. That was wonderful. Go see him at Milk Bar every Tuesday and on many other shows. He's hilarious, wonderful. Yay. Oh, and he has an improv show second and fourth Wednesdays at Piano Fight. Is that right? Next Wednesday, Piano Fight, 7 o'clock. 7.30, 7.30. 7.30 Piano Fight. Yay. And support Piano Fight. They're an amazing venue. And I just talked to Rob the other night and uh, the owner of that. Uh, put your hands together for your next comedian, everybody. Kava to sing. Woo! A while ago, and I'm basically a dick pic that's in the trash bin of someone's like camera. Trash bin. Trash folder. Welcome to the trash folder, Rebecca's number one. It's like Guantanamo in the you get in, you never come out. Like, okay, there's the WhatsApp photos, there's the chats, there's the apartment tours, the restaurants. Girthy, there's there's uh, the worm, there's Twitch, the growers, the showers, the peckers, there's Rinko, always high. Everyone's pretty outgoing, okay? Except Whiskey Dick. He's a guy. Okay. We all hear under the same sentence, okay? Loitering, harassment, indecent exposure. Women say they don't want us. But when do women ever ask for anything they want? Uh, all right, okay, okay, okay. All right, another thing, okay? Something happened to you, something happened to the rest of us. We die for each other here. Last thing to remember, Warden, the uh, Bex, the Warden, yeah, she's the reason why you're in the trash folder, okay? You start a fight, you make sure Bex don't find you, okay? The only thing in common between all of us in the trash folder is that we're deleted in 60 days, okay? And don't be thinking about no parole. There was only one drunken escape in 08 when Bex mistakenly, wait, what? Okay, sorry, let me. Okay, when Bex drunkenly mistook Harry over there for a schnauzer and sent him to the cloud. Okay? But like that's a bad Take a seat. What's your story? Okay, that's it, that was it, that was it, that was it. I'm working, you know, I'm remembering it, I'm remembering it. Um. Covita and her dick pic act out. Hey, your next comedian. Excited that they're here all the way from San Jose. Put your hands together for Daraj. Woo! 
Hey, keep it going for Pam. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have seen that movie, Bad Boys, but um, great movie. Watched it a lot when I was a kid. But kind of gave a misleading view of cops, right? Like when I was a kid, I thought cops were cool, you know? Like I thought they were like Will Smith. Um, just, you know, blowing shit up, saying cool one-liners. But uh, then you see shit like Uvalde, Texas, and you're like, oh, that's not how that works at all. You know, like I thought cops were going to be like Will Smith, but turns out they're more like Will Smith watching his wife getting fucked by 25-year-old R&B singers. Oof, that usually does better. Um, all right, so um, I'm um, pretty religious. I'm a Hindu, born and raised. And um, I was reading scripture just the other day, and... Um, I learned the Lord Shiva when he met his wife Parvati. They made love for aeons. Pretty cool, huh? Aeons. I've been praying every day since I read that shit, dude. Like, I swear to God, man. Like, shit like that is why I'm always going to be a Hindu, dude. You're, like, never going to see me in fucking church, dude. I'm not going to have a fucking cross around my neck or anything. Because, like, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Jesus died a virgin. In fact, not only did he die a virgin... He died a virgin, he was resurrected, then he died again, and he was still a virgin. Fucking nerd. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, like, how are you going to be the son of God and have zero hoes, you know? Like, come on, man. Like, what the fuck was wrong with this guy, dude? Like, he could turn water into wine, he could walk on water. Like, what the fuck was wrong with this guy? He had a solid job, too, you know? He was a carpenter. Was he just a creep, you know? Like, was he just fucking... Going up to girls at parties, fucking cornering them, like, hey, you know who my dad is? Fucking weirdo. Like, maybe maybe the Romans fucking crucified him for being an incel, you know? We got to get this guy off the streets. Made every woman in Jerusalem uncomfortable. Like, yeah, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, um, let's see what else I got. Uh, fucking, um, yeah, my dad's, uh... Pretty smart dude, you know, he went to one of the top engineering colleges in India, but he was such a fucking nerd that, like, kind of ruined things growing up, you know? Because, like, uh, I remember one time I was watching the 2000 Sydney Olympics. I was four years old. Um, I'm having a great time. This guy fucking walks up to me. He's like, hey, did you know that um, prior to the 1970s, India and Pakistan would win gold and silver in the Olympics every single year? But then they changed the rules so that... Um, it would be played on turf, and then only European countries would win because uh, India and Pakistan players were too poor to practice on turf fields. And I was like, fuck it. I was, I was having a good time watching this. Why do you have to ruin it with facts, you fucking dork? <laughs> like, thanks, Dad, you fucking nerd. Like, oh, man, dude. Like, I remember, like, I, I wish I had a dad like my friend Shane, dude. Like, Shane's dad was fucking awesome, dude. Like, he wasn't into any nerd shit like that. He was just into fucking sports center and alcoholism. Pretty fun combo, you know? Shane's dad was getting way too hammered to fucking cite instances of oppression during sporting events. And I appreciate that a lot, dude. You know? Like, I was, like, my dad was just fucking sitting around coding all day, dude. Shane's dad was having us do fun shit, like getting all his friends together and making me and Shane fight. That was fucking cool, dude. Learned some hooks and crosses. Pile drivers, great time. All right, that's my time, everybody. Yay! Raj, all the way from San Jose. That's great. We've got four comedians left. Hang in there. Put your hands. You just uh, you just walked in. He was a little bit late, but put your hands together for Newman Shake. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, how are you guys doing? You guys doing good? That's cool. I, I, I hit a car on the way here. I did hit my insurance agent recently. I got in a car accident with my insurance agent. You know what that means? I need to find a new insurance agent. That's what that means. Because you're not gonna get insur you're not gonna get accident forgiveness. This isn't working, that's fine. I have a lot of new jobs. I um Apple's the Apple screen time feature, that's a weird feature. It's a feature that makes you feel bad about using your product too much. Like, no other company can get away with that. Like, Xbox can't have a thing where they're like, if you play more than three hours a day, we're going to send you a letter calling you a virgin. Like, that's not, not a thing. Um, yeah, they're, they're building a lot of anti-homeless architecture. Big fan, I think. I think they should go all the way. Because, like, the most extreme form of anti-homeless architecture is uh, housing. That's what that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with college, and when I left for college, my mom, she was like, Newman, be careful. They're going to offer you a lot of drugs, and I'm going to be honest. I've been invited to a lot more Bible studies, and I've been offered drugs on college campuses, so yeah, I don't know. I think, like, addiction isn't the scourge of college campuses, and power of Christ Taking Sloan Likely calls on the hope that's the love of my life. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I was asking for like my social security number, but from a certain point of view, they're just trying to get to know me. And I think that's really romantic, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the documentary Super Size of Me in high school, but it was like a very weird documentary. Documentary about this guy who eats McDonald's three times a day, every day, to prove it's bad for you. And I was like, you didn't need to do that. Is someone phoning in right now? Is that oh that's cool. That's a cool feature. I just get comments from strangers seeing my set. Like you suck, you know? That's fine. Oh, but it was a yeah, it was it was a weird feature. It was a weird um it was a weird documentary, because a documentary the guy who ate McDonald's yeah, I said that part. And when I was watching I was like, You didn't need to do that. Nobody eats like McDonald's three times a day every day to prove it's bad for you. Like nobody I like reality TV because it makes me feel better about how I'm doing as a person. I'm very single right now. But I was watching The Bachelor, and I was like, you know what? I've never been desperate enough to go to ABC for help. And I'm also a big fan of HGTV. I like HGTV. That's the only network that's explicitly saying, fuck poor people, you know? Like, I don't know if you guys watch that show, um, Fixer Upper. It's a weird show. It's a show where someone has a leaky faucet. Their solution is to destroy their entire home and build a new one. I feel like Rachel T wants to be more relatable. They need to make a spin-off of House Hunters and just call it Risky Rentals. Just went to like 20-somethings and got that closet they stuffed Harry Potter and being like, you know what, it's possible. All right, I learned a lot, guys. Thank you. Newman Shake, everyone. Newman. All right. Julio disappeared. We don't know what happened to him. But Drea Myers is supposedly on her way. She pre-signed, so 
I'm gonna do some jokes before she gets here. So yay, clap your hands together for me, Pam Benjamin. Yay. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah, I kinda look like the art teacher everyone wanted to fuck. No? Okay. You guys are all like, we can't say anything, it's weird. It's like you're my stepmom, except it's not sexy. Um <laughs> No, I uh I'm tired of being a strong independent woman. I want to be a dependent. I want to be a stepmom and I want to poop. I'm just, I know that statement put feminism back 45 years, but I'm really tired of working hard. <laughs> I just want, <laughs> well, I already know how hot your dad is. He's old. Uh, Wally, how, how hot is your dad? Oh, shit, man. <laughs> Trying to practice my crowd work, and I'm like, next I'm going to ask Newman, he's going to be like, my dad's dead. And I mean, no! Uh, how hot's your dad? Yeah, Devadre, how hot's your dad? You don't know your dad either! So it looks like I'm never gonna be the stepmom I wanna be. I'll never get to have that three-way with a family member that I've always wanted. Uh, it's through marriage, through marriage! Don't be gross. You're the ones watching the porn. I don't even watch porn. I don't even know what everybody's fucking talking about. I just want to be a stepmom in Walnut Creek. I just want to have like nine kinds of cheeses in a drawer. You know, like that kind of wealth, like nine kinds of cheeses. I don't understand vegans because they don't eat cheese. And I'm like, no wonder you're always so angry. <laughs> like you just have a bite of cheese. It's okay. If I if I had to choose between sex or cheese for the rest of my life, I'm 100% going cheese. Sex, who cares? Doesn't matter at this point. Because they're like, oh, is that possible? Menopause is so scary. <laughs> you just stop caring about everything. It's good. And then you put on lipstick, and people go, oh, what happened to you? And I'm like, did I look like I always get punched in the face? Like, what happened? Is that what's going on? Okay, I should do some of the jokes that I planned on doing. Um, crowd work, and hopefully no one's dad is dead. And then I was going to talk about step on it. Oh, God, I know. You're so young and beautiful. I have abortions older than you. Absolute fact. Uh, I had my first abortion in 1995. Only one regret. I didn't have the kid. Right now I could be fucking all of his friends. My seven-year-olds are hot. I got them a lot. So dumb. Now, I like them because they're so dumb. They're so dumb. They're doing this new thing called intermittent fasting. Have you heard about it? The intermittent fasting. Yeah, they're microdosing food. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, are you intermittent fasting? You're going to mansplain anorexia to me? Got this one. Doing it for 30 years. Come on. No, I, I used to be bulimic. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I wanted to be known as an environmentalist, so I would vomit into the composting. Renew, recycle, regurgitate. Highly acidic compost is going to be amazing on the wine vines in your 2020 Pinot. Speaking of Napa, I mean, I could be your step, or you could take me to Napa. We would have so much fun. This Thanksgiving will be lit. Do you understand? I want to be, how much do you hate your mom? Just so we could work something out. I'm not even that high. I just, I'm trying to figure out what jokes I want to do tonight. And it's like, I don't want to do anything too political because 
Like, no one wants to hear someone talk about feminism. They're like, ugh, just talk about fucking dicks in your mouth. Right? I know. It's just so, <laughs> you're like, that's, that's what we want. Rural. I was like, I'm like, ugh, exactly. I'll talk about drugs. Drugs are fun. You go, what's your favorite drug? Ooh, pills. I also like pills. I love them. I love benzos. I'm a big benzo fan. People don't know benzodiazepines. That's like, you know, Valium, lorazepam, diazepam. Doctors have shorthand. They call them the two-pan family. That's right. Give them two-pan. I love drugs. Yeah, I love drugs so much. Uh, I want to be a background extra on Euphoria. Because I heard they give the extra ketamine to the extra. And they say, oh, Pam, you are way too old to be a background extra. School about I show about high school students doing copious drugs, and to that I say, I am a Monet. I look really good from far away. You get up close, and you're like, dots, slashes, what is holding this image together? Ketamine. <laughs> if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. Okay, I've kept you guys hostage far too long. Drea's not coming, I mean... It's, I did five, I was gonna, I would just, I was, I don't want to stretch, you guys know all my jokes and there's no point in me doing in front of them because you're not going to laugh. But I did try to do that crowd work, so that was fun. Um, but there, she's not, I mean, we don't want to hold, let's go to Slate. And um, is anybody driving over there? I'd love a ride. Oh, on your motorcycle? Oh. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my God, that's incredible. Well, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so, thanks for all being here. Thanks for staying to the end. That was really kind of you all to support your stuff. And I'm sorry that Drea didn't make it in time, but Slate's going to be awesome tonight, and then I get to be a cognitive. Ooh, I know. That's why it's like, I, I, and I know I've, and, and I'm not worried, but it's like, which jokes do I do? I don't want to do the boring. I can do my soccer one-liner. It's just a one-liner, though, that I love tw hot 26-year-old men. It's a World Cup is coming. We'll see. I know. I just, it's gonna be, it's gotta, I gotta like do some sex jokes and shit like that because it's, they're gonna be, it's gonna be late night. They don't want to, they don't want me to tease. Um, thanks for being here, everybody. Woo!